0: into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Three-time
1: Best Sports Blog winner. With
0: Justin Bradford. Two-time Music
1: City Best Sports Reporter.
0: And Glenn Blackwell. Brought to you by E610 Athletes.
2: It's time to talk
0: all things hockey in the Music
1: City. Penalty Box Radio is on Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game.
0: Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Josh, intern Spider Jack in studio with us. And hey, the National Predators are on a three-game win streak.
1: Yes, they are. (laughs) And we could not be more excited. You almost couldn't even get it out of your (laughs) mouth. You were so excited. Win (laughs) win streak. It just felt weird saying that at this point. (laughs) But I like it.
0: And you know what? One of those wins... A win over the San Jose sharks that that's a signature win. we've talked earlier in the season we haven't had much to talk about in terms of signature wins, but that was a signature win right there against San Jose in San Jose
1: mm-hmm. that Big was one of those right that was one of those games that a lot of people, including us said you need <laughs> to win that game mm-hmm. the predators didn't really have a choice. they needed to get that confidence back. They needed to beat a powerhouse team like San Jose and they took care of it and then came back and Bridgestone Arena and took care of the Toronto Maple Leafs as well.
0: They did. And Toronto, who has not been that hot lately, still a good win because it's a win against a team that's currently in a playoff position. Toronto, they sweep the season series, those two games, by a combined score of seven to zero. <laughs> two shutouts.
1: Whew. It's wild.
0: It well it's no, not they the beat, wild. They beat them the wild. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but it's wild. But
0: over some decent opponents, especially. So the Predators also swept the season series against Tampa Bay, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, make correlation here, but that's a good sign that when the predators do turn it on and want to shut down a team that has lots of offensive weapons, like those two teams, especially recently, like the Toronto Maple Leafs that have plenty of weapons, mm-hmm. like Austin Matthews, like John Tavares, like Mitch Marner, like William Nylander, when you know the Toronto's not hating on him, <laughs> like everybody else, they shut him down. Yeah, they shut them down and in in good fashion as well, because there were times when it seemed like the, the Predators did not have control of the game. And in terms of possession, oftentimes Toronto did have possession. But the thing is, they stepped up and scored timely goals. Like, that Boyle goal was very timely and very needed. The Simmons goal was very timely and needed. And then Pecorine was true to form Pecorine, especially that one save that was on John Tavares. Ooh, Holy yes. moly, save of the year candidate right there.
1: I still looked back at that one today and was like, are you sure that didn't go in? <laughs> and it did not, in fact, did go not. in. Somehow,
0: somehow did not. So, in, let's see, in the past three games, Toronto, San Jose, and L.A., they've had 27 high danger chances against and 21 high danger chances for, thanks to Spider Jack on, on those numbers right there. So, it's uh, it's interesting, too, that even though they're allowing more overall, they're finding a way to win. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say everything's flipped and changed. We're seeing progress now yeah. out of this team. Well, and good, good progress.
1: Yeah. I think that we're starting to see the things that – you know, we had kind of pointed out last week, um, those small things are starting to do right again. They're breaking up plays. They're playing the better defensive game. They're playing a better game in front of Pecorino so that he can have those stellar games. Um, And so when you start to play that true defensive Predators hockey, you're shutting down people in the neutral zone. You're not even letting them get close. Um, And so naturally, you know, even if you're not generating a ton of offense – you're shutting people down a lot quicker than you were before, and so you're not really having to scramble around at the net. So I think that it's definitely showing signs of improvement. Um, they're starting to do a lot of the smaller right things, and I think that Preds fans can be reassured in the fact that, you know, a lot of people we saw on social media saying, you know, that oh, well, they just play down to their competition, and they <laughs> do this, that, and the other. But now you see that when they are facing the San Jose's, they can match up, they can rise up, and they can beat those teams. So... Even if you feel like they play down to their competition, to teams that are not playing so well, they can also play up. And so I think that we're finally starting to see what we've been wanting to see over the last few weeks—just yeah. um, those slight improvements that are going to help push them. So.
0: And the players are even talking about it as well. And Ryan Ellis even mentioned that they had a meeting just mm-hmm. to talk about things. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you when you win these kinds of games too, you build confidence. When you win a game against San Jose on the road in San Jose, you build confidence now. It was asked, uh, I think it was uh, Adam Vingan of The Athletic was asking last night, asking players of, well, was that loss to Anaheim a wake-up call? And everybody's answering, no, we should have been woken up way before that. Mm-hmm. And, and those players are right. And it was one of those things. I think is, uh, the way that they responded to that and by getting those wins the rest of the road trip. We were even saying, what, four points out of the road trip is very important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think everyone was thinking it would be Anaheim and L.A., not yep. L.A. <laughs> and San Jose. L.A. was supposed to be the given, <laughs>
1: Exactly. out
0: of that but not necessarily San Jose. San Jose was the true test and they passed that test uh, but when you when you look at that too is those four points again this week I say this week in terms of the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday four points is great if you're winning two out of three to finish this season that's finishing pretty strong yeah because you're winning 66 percent of your games now in terms of these four the four games of Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday five out of eight points I think would be great too. And mm-hmm. I'm starting to look at this in terms of you're building consistency, you're building things. It's really hard to win a game in the National Hockey yep. League. Especially
1: so, this time of year.
0: Yeah, when you're facing more teams that are very playing urgent hockey. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to play Minnesota again. <laughs> they're playing mm-hmm. urgent hockey. Pittsburgh is playing urgent hockey right now too because they still don't know their position. They're not comfortable necessarily in, in their position. Winnipeg, obviously, they're playing up and down. Uh, as well, overall, and so they're trying to secure the position over the Nashville Predators. Yep. And Minnesota battling for one of those last spots in, in the playoffs too. So five out of eight points is not bad. And looking at that from the, the standpoint of well, if you're getting five out of eight, that means that you're really only losing one in regulation. Mm-hmm. If if you're going that route, which I think is okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. Okay.
0: Now, which one would you rather lose to? Pittsburgh. <laughs> but
1: well, yeah, but, but let's <laughs> yeah, let's just say you lose two out of those next four games you're still if you're playing the right hockey and you're seeing that continued improvement you're seeing them do the things that they're supposed to do sometimes you just don't win a hockey game and so but as long as they're playing correctly and they're playing with that energy that speed and that grit then that's still going to, I think, give them that jump start, even if the final scoreboard doesn't, right. doesn't reflect right. well, that. Well, so, it's
0: Funny you mentioned that Steve Dangle in his Leafs fan reaction mm-hmm. video today talked about how they shouldn't be Leafs fans shouldn't be as disappointed with that loss to Nashville because they did a lot of right things. They just hit a team that shut them down mm-hmm. on the scoreboard. It's yeah. not for lack of opportunities or anything, because obviously that Tavares opportunity, uh, Matthews had a couple opportunities, but Toronto had a few opportunities, and Pecorita shut them down. So it's funny you mention it just like that is that even Steve Dangles looking for the positive and how they performed against Nashville the mm-hmm. scoreboard says 3-0 now granted the empty net goal so a 2-0 game yep. but but it was funny to see that on the opposite side that the Leafs have been really struggling and they're allowing a lot of goals for the for so for them to only allow two plus an empty net is a big yeah. positive they're for like, them they're like we're but doing something right here in Nashville 5 <laughs> goals 6 goals 7 goals 4 goals 5 goals yeah. uh, and everything and losing to teams like Ottawa Mm-hmm. not good for toronto so they're going through fr- through some frustration as well and by the way go watch steve dangles video it's it's very i like it because he even mentions nashville and how fans are reacting he's like yeah once you get that sniff of the cup it changes how your fan base reacts to stuff mm-hmm. and he's like toronto and nashville fan bases aren't that different anymore yeah <laughs> he sees things he's, that people say he's too. so
1: fun to watch i haven't actually watched this one i need to play catch up but yeah, he's he, fantastic he see, he sees he's things. entertaining yeah
0: he's things sees things out there so glenn it was 90s
1: night Yes, it was. That was a blast. It
0: was. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun.
1: Well, you had all the good snacks. I didn't get any of the good yes, snacks. Yes, we had
0: Dunkaroos and we had Fruit Stripe and you had to change that Fruit Stripe stick every 15 seconds. Okay. Uh, but but it was a fun night and it was great to see Pete Webber and Terry Crisp mm-hmm. and just the, the natural calls, the analysis that comes from Terry Crisp are just something that I'll always cherish and just watching the highlights and hearing his voice mm-hmm. with Pete Webber uh, was absolutely fantastic to hear those calls, but but what I love was the the way they're able to take some nostalgia in there and have fun with the songs because Jeremy K Gover, the Predators Radio Network, and then uh, myself and Cutler Klein and, and Chris Brooks were all like putting songs of songs that need to be played mm-hmm. for this Predators '90s Night game, and they hit a lot of them. They hit a lot of them. What what song stood out to you the most that was played we, last night? Well,
1: the thing about that too is that when you go into it, you think, oh, '90s Night, everybody, you know, dress up. All that kind of stuff. But then they really did make it an entire 90s experience. But whoop, there it is. I mean, that's like, that really takes me back. So for me, <laughs> for me, that's it.
0: I mean, we're dancing. Jeremy Jeremy Gover, who sits right next to me in the press box. You can hear him sometimes on Preds Insiders. Mm-hmm. He's on the Predators Radio Network doing post-game interviews and pre-game interviews sometimes. He was dressed in a Nirvana shirt. So good. With a flannel and a backwards Nirvana cap.
1: It was fantastic. <laughs> he was
0: the only one out of the Preds media corps. Dressed up I didn't for get 90s to see night. him at
1: the game. I did see his photos on social media. Yeah, it was great
0: with Mace. <clears throat> well, but, oh yeah, but Mace did not have the box that he needed to have. <laughs> uh, right in front of him, he was doing the best. To color me bad. Oh, impression. it was so good. It was but, so. Good. But it was a fun night, and it was. What's even better? They won, and what's even better than that too? Asher Collier. Yes. He was the two-day signee with the Make-A-Wish mm-hmm. Foundation, and he was able to be a part of practice. He was signing Brian Poyle was there to sign him. He walked out with the guys for warm-ups with Pecorine to take the ice as well. And, and last night after the game, walking out of the locker room, seeing Asher and then all of his little friends and everything, and Pecorine signing autographs, and P.K. Subban's out there, Philip Forsberg, and all getting pictures and everything like that. What, what a true, awesome experience. And... Big big time ups to Make-A-Wish and the Predators Foundation for pulling off. And the Nashville Predators because they gave that that young boy an awesome experience. It's yep. something he's never going to forget. And he has such personal things. And I know his, his dad, Colby, was really, really pleased with that and captured a lot of great video on that. So if, if you want to see some of that experience that Asher had, because he put a GoPro on Asher's mm-hmm. helmet out there for a little bit um and, and everything too. It's at VMD Media on Twitter to, to see that experience. Because it's something that's great that the Predators Foundation, Make-A-Wish... And the predators put on, and just what an awesome experience! Yeah,
1: a lot of dreams came true with a that, lot of and dreams. I get emotional even thinking about it. So yeah, you should definitely go check it out. Um, and kudos to everybody that that pulled that off because that was absolutely fantastic. And to see how excited he was was oh, that I, was everything.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> And to hear him answering some of the questions, too. Uh, Want your sister to come up? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, what an experience and and, and a great great little boy there, too. So, Mm -hmm. kudos, Asher. That was awesome. We're so happy for you and proud of you and wishing you all of our best. Well, we have a great show tonight coming up because we have Tommy Novak, who is a Predators prospect. He was a 2015 draft pick. The Predators, he just finished his career with the Minnesota Gophers, and then today signed an amateur tryout agreement contract with the milwaukee admiral so he's coming up next and after that we have amanda levier who's the goaltender for the minnesota whitecaps the first two-time isabel cup champion goaltender in the national women's hockey league we're having her after that so all that and so much more coming up here on penalty box radio you're listening to nashville's best sports talk espn 1025 the game And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Lynn Blackwell, producer Josh, Spider Jack, and a good throwback to the Predators taking the ice song right there, ready to go by Republica. Thanks, Josh, for fitting that in there. That, that gets, gets us going. Okay. Well, folks... As college hockey is coming to a close for the season with some teams, we're seeing a lot of those prospects signing contracts and getting their huge opportunities with pro clubs now. And now we have Tommy Novak on the line. He is a 2015 third-round pick for the Predators, just finished up with Minnesota and now joining the Milwaukee Admirals. Tommy, welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So first of all, just big congratulations to you because I know you're very accomplished there in Minnesota and obviously didn't end the way you wanted to end, but you're getting a big opportunity now too. So how did this all come about pretty quickly for you to join the Milwaukee Admirals?
3: Yeah. So my my season ended on uh, Saturday and, um, you know, not the way we wanted it to end obviously, but, uh, you know, that was it for my college career. So, um, you know, got to talking and, uh, no, I was I was on a plane in Milwaukee on Tuesday, so, um, you know, it turned around pretty fast, but I'm excited to, excited to be here and, uh, you know, and give it a shot here.
1: Well, we are super excited for you here, um, obviously echoing what Justin said. Congratulations. This is a huge opportunity um, for prospects to show their progression and to show where and how they might fit in within an organization. So what are you looking forward to most as far as, like, showcasing your talent to this organization?
3: Yeah, I'm just looking forward to, you know, hopefully getting an opportunity and then playing some games and in practice just trying to work my hardest and, uh, you know, show that I can play at this level. I'm pretty confident uh, in my ability. So just, uh, you know, hoping for opportunity and uh, hoping to make the best of it.
0: And again, Tommy Novak, Predators prospect and now has an ATO with Milwaukee Admirals Join us on the line here, too. So, Minnesota, one of the storied organizations in college hockey. Just overall, what was that experience like in Minnesota? Because it was a huge arena, a a big fan base there, too. Obviously, lots of expectations, too. But just to play for the Minnesota Gophers is is a big deal. So, what was that overall experience like for you playing in Minnesota?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a dream come true for me. Just being a fan growing up, I really – you know, it was one of the best things ever. You know, for me playing Minnesota for four years, um, I really wish that I could have, you know, been a part of some more successful teams. But uh, you know, I'm confident in that program that they'll, you know, continue to be, you know, top of the top of the barrel in college hockey. But oh uh, uh, yeah, it was, the, it was the time of my life. I'll, I'll never, never regret going there. So it was just a great time, great people, great fan base
0: and obviously I'm sure some friendships made there too, and another Predators prospect playing your team and obviously produced well, Rem Pitlick. What was it like knowing how you, that you had another person on your team that was also drafted by the same NHL organization?
3: Yeah, I mean, me and Rem go way back since we're like nine years old playing together on the summer team. So,
0: uh,
3: I mean, me and Rem came, came to these camps together in Nashville, I mean, don't talk about it too much during the year. Just kind of try to focus on our own seasons. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been uh, it's been good.
0: And so, getting to know Tommy a little bit better here too. What for people that may not have been able to watch, what about you makes you? Do you think makes you a unique player? What's what's dangerous? Is it your shot? Is it your skating ability? What do you think makes you a dangerous yeah. player out there? I know it's hard to answer sometimes for someone to talk about themselves, but just want to get to know Tommy. Right.
3: Yeah, I think uh, my strengths in my game has come. Come with uh, your playmaking ability and, you know, just having patience and having good vision on the ice. I think I can can see the ice well and and make make the right play a lot. I think a lot of my um, strengths lie in uh, stick handling and and vision and stuff like that, Um, playmaking ability.
0: Well, that's something that would definitely make Predators fans excited because that's something that oh, every NHL team wants something to have <laughs> there too. And and as looking back at your history in terms of playing, I mean, you're able to represent uh, the USA. You're part of the national uh, team development program uh, and juniors are too. What was it like to know you're part of that program and being able to represent your country when you're playing? Yeah.
3: Uh, I played in a couple of tournaments over the years. It was the Ivan Holenka tournament, and I also had a little stint with the NTDP back when I was 17, but uh, yeah, those are always special experiences. Uh, you know, going to play for your country is fun. It's been a while for me, but uh, yeah, those are, those are times I'll never forget.
0: And now as, as we're looking forward to the future and everything as well, uh, the Milwaukee Admirals can obviously use more help. They're in the hunt for the playoff chase here and everything like that too. So, I mean, have you had a practice with them yet? Have you been able to meet any any of your your, your new future now teammates or anything like that?
3: Yeah, I I got in uh, yesterday and then I uh, practiced today, this morning, so it was good for me just to come in, meet, meet the other guys, and then you know, get one practice under myself myself was, uh, was good, so looking forward to the rest of my time here.
0: It's going to be a, throwing you right into the wolves there, but I think it's going to be a, a really good experience for you. What What's something in terms of turning pro that you've been looking forward to? Obviously, college is different when it comes to travel and play and everything, so what were you looking forward to most about turning pro? Um...
3: It's a good question. I think uh just, you know, just looking forward to, you know, see how the game plays. So I'm really excited just to see, you know, the difference in play styles and, and the pace and of the game. I'm just really excited to see how how it goes.
0: Alright, so let's 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 get a little bit away from the ice now. Let's talk about pregame and everything. Is there anything yeah. certain terms of songs or stuff like that that you listen to? What gets you pumped <laughs> up and ready for a game, Tommy?
3: Um, I'm kinda all over the map when it comes to music, but um, I, I'm usually more in the hip-hop genre. I, I kind of control the auxiliary chords for my team towards the end of the year. You know, I get, get a little bit of complaints from, you know, some people, but I try to, try to spread it around the genres.
1: That's a big responsibility. Do you, so do you have yeah. any, like, are you one of those players that has any superstitious routines that you do prior to a game or you just kind of go with the um, flow as the day goes?
3: It's funny. I try. I try to tell myself that I don't have superstitions, and then I'll, I'll find myself doing like certain things over the same way I did, it or stuff like that. But you know, always like putting my putting my stick in the same spot after I tape it, or something like that. Not nothing huge, but uh, I do find myself doing doing things, thinking about it a little too much, trying to get rid of those
0: it just gets to be habit. It's just a habit of doing it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean there's some, you know, there's some NHL players that you watch on the preds. I mean, they've got the same routine every night when they go out on the ice. You can almost predict it if you watch it enough and it's just it becomes oh, a habit right. at that point. Yeah. yeah, so.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah. in terms of your game days or certain meal you eat or anything cuz everybody's different now. A lot of the times it tends to be like chicken parm or like pasta and salad or anything. So is there anything for you on game day that you have to have in terms of going with that habit or slightly uh, a superstitious thing? Um I mean, in college, I would do, you know, whatever they gave us on the, on the game day.
3: So when I got to the rank, I would usually always grab one of their peanut butter jelly sandwiches. So that was kind of a, a thing for me. But other than that, no, nothing, nothing, I don't have too big of a routine as it comes to meals right now just because I was kind of all over the map and what we got in
0: college. So, so looking back at your career, because obviously Minnesota and everything too, what's one arena that's not – uh, Mariucci, that you enjoyed playing at? What was one of those places that you enjoyed vi- being the visiting team at and had a good atmosphere and everything throughout your whole college career?
3: Um, yeah, I really liked going to Wisconsin just because, um, you know, it's a big rivalry for us. Mm-hmm. And, they, and They always have a, have a really good crowd when we come to town. So I think Wisconsin would probably be my favorite just all around. You know, they, do, they do good in the locker room and stuff, so it's really fun to go there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's on my list. I mean, I was able to knock off Minnesota last year because I was up there when you guys played uh, Notre Dame, and luckily it was there for the, the win that you guys had too. That, I think it was a 1-0 win, <laughs> and it was yeah, a yeah. stressful game there. But, but Tommy, we really yeah. appreciate you joining us, and yeah. congratulations, and we wish you all the best on your future with your pro career, and we'll be keeping track of you with Milwaukee. All right, perfect. Thank you. All right, thanks so much, folks. That is Tommy Novak, just signed an ATO with the Milwaukee Admirals. So he'll be joining that club there, too. Just finished up with the Minnesota Gophers. Uh, Predators prospect drafted in 2015 in the third round. So, hopefully big things coming for him. I'm glad to see him signing that. I mean, I, I was almost expecting Rem Pitlick to sign first, but then Tommy mm-hmm. Novak comes in as a surprise today, and it was great to see that, too, that they're just restocking that cupboard a little bit here as we go.
1: Exactly. And, I mean, it's got to be such a busy time for him right now, and you think I'll mentally – Where you have to be mentally to be able to take that next step and go showcase what you're made of to the admiral. I mean, you you jump straight out of college hockey and then (laughs) jump into like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go into the pros. And it's just like I can't even imagine the whirlwind. But he seems like he's taking it all in stride, and he's doing well with that. And it's got to be yeah. such an exciting time for him. His
0: season ended, and he was on a plane two days later. Yeah. Uh, but to give an idea, I mean, he, I know he's dealt with some injuries, but he played you know, plenty of games for the Minnesota. I mean, his freshman year, he had 27 points in 37 games, then 14 points in 20, 26 in 34, and then 21 in 38. And obviously you can tell he's a playmaker uh, because last season in 17-18, he only had three goals, but he had 23 assists. Mm. So he knows how to set people up. He is a playmaking center, so interesting to see how maybe, maybe that's a guy that could pair well with Ellie Tolman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how often do
1: ice. we talk about that on the show? Yeah, a playmaker out there. you've got to have the playmakers yeah. out there doing those things. Absolutely. So.
0: Okay, well, folks, up next, we're going to continue the hockey talk on Pelning to Box Radio. We have Amanda Levier. She is the Isabel Cup winning goaltender of the National Women's Hockey League, Minnesota Whitecaps. That's up next here on Pelning to Box Radio. You're listening to Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN, 1025 The Game. Josh, you have no idea, but this is my jam. <laughs> this is my jam. Justin Bradford, Penalty Box Radio, Glenn Blackwell, producer. For Josh, Spider Jack in studio here. '90s night for the Predators last night at Bridgestone Arena,
1: and we're still and, just dancing along to '90s jam. Oh, I'm jams. jamming
0: Motown Philly. That is that is my that is my jam. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna switch gears here from college hockey to the NWHL. We have the two time Isabel Cup champion Amanda LeVier joining us right now. with The Minnesota Whitecaps. Amanda, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here.
0: Oh, absolutely. We are so excited to have you. Congratulations. Just, I mean, we'll go with the easy, easy question here. What does it mean to you to be a two-time Isabel Cup champion?
4: Uh, both of them were really special and this last one, especially since we got to play on our home ice in front of all of our fans who have opened up or embraced us with open arms the entire year. We had 10 home games and we sold out every single game, so it was just as much a win for us as it was for all the fans. So it was truly special when Lee Seckline scored and the entire building just erupted.
1: And Amanda, to touch on, like you said, all of these games selling out, looking at the NWHL ticket sales record with the semifinal ticket selling out in 25 hours, this is obviously a huge achievement. And that has to feel good for your team when you hear that right before such a crucial game. So what does something like that do for you? Um, prior to playing into that game and what does it mean for you personally seeing your fans show up in this way?
4: It definitely pumped us up. The fans really give the home team an advantage because they're wearing our jerseys and they have signs for us and they're cheering us on as we walk onto the ice. It's truly it's really special to high-five all the young girls that we see occasionally around the rink because most of us are very involved. And then to hear that it sold out in 25 hours like it did is just great for women's hockey in general because it means that people are noticing that there's a pro team in town and that a lot of young girls, especially hockey players, are coming to watch us play. So that was definitely something that was truly special and something that the Minnesota Cats got to experience all year long.
0: And, and just fantastic to see that. And hey, I was at the Trier Rank just a few weeks ago when the Predators were playing Minnesota. That is a beautiful facility right there as well, too. And it is gorgeous. A great view of downtown St. Paul as well where you're playing the game. So it's tough to beat that setting as well to be playing a hockey game like that. And so looking at this, too, is an interesting weekend for you because not only was the championship game played uh, over the weekend, but also your semifinal game because of weather delays and everything. So what was that like to have those two games so close? Obviously, you're building off momentum and adrenaline's rushing and everything like that, too but just knowing that you had those games like that, what was that weekend like for you?
4: Uh, It wasn't too different from our season. So we were the only team in the NWHL that was so far away from everyone that we ended Mm -hmm. up playing two games every weekend in the regular season. So we actually got one day in between the rest, which was something that we didn't have all year. So it didn't really change our mindset going into the weekend. We knew that we had to take it one game at a time and just play our best hockey for the full 60 minutes then. That's what we did as we went into the weekend.
0: And again, it's Amanda LeVier, the goaltender for the Minnesota Whitecaps, a two-time Isabel Cup champion, joining us right now. And so looking at this, too, I mean, you played your college hockey in Minnesota as well. So folks in, in Minnesota, in St. Paul, Minneapolis are very familiar with you already just because you played your, your college hockey there, too. What was it like going back to Minnesota and being able to win a championship in the city where you played your college hockey?
4: It's very special. And there was a lot of Minnesota Gopher fans that I had met at <laughs> – my four years in college I came to the game and were actually wearing gopher jerseys so that that was really special and then there's also I think pretty much the entire team is from Minnesota so they got to have all their family and their friends come and see them win a championship which was really really special for all that were involved.
1: And Amanda, switching gears a little bit back to Nashville, you had the opportunity to experience the All-Star Game here. I was in attendance at that, and I had an absolute blast watching y'all. And on this show, we often talk about just how much we embrace the growth of the sport that we're consistently seeing down here in the state of Tennessee. And I wanted to get your take on being down here for that and participating in the All-Star Game in front of the crowd that we had here. And how does that experience make you feel as you look forward to the future of this league? That was an
4: incredible weekend of hockey, and I'm so grateful that Lee Stecklein, my teammate on the White Caps, picked me to play on her team and to be able to compete in the All-Star Weekend in Nashville. The game, we played right after the Predators game, so a lot of the fans actually stayed. And when we stepped onto the ice, I'm not sure how many people were in attendance, but it was definitely some of the biggest crowds that any of us had played in. And one thing that really stuck out to me was after the skills competition the first night there was so many young girls that had jerseys from the nwhl from players that weren't there that weekend to players that were and a lot of usa hockey jerseys and it's so cool to to see that many young girls wanting to continue to play hockey and hopefully one day be in our shoes uh, and
0: it was absolutely awesome to see at Ford Ice Center the All Star comp- the Skills Competition because I was running a tournament in the other rink while you are playing your Skills Competition over there. And it's just awesome to see the fans and so many people stayed for autographs. That that's what's helping grow the game there too. Is that one on one FaceTime experience that so many of these kids were getting with you all the players too. So what what does it mean to you when when you see a young girl come up and you know as a hockey player and just ask you or wants to talk to you? Just how much does it mean to you being an influence like that?
4: It means everything. I'm really grateful that I get to be in a spot where I can be considered as a role model to young girls because when I was growing up, I didn't really have the opportunity to play girls' hockey or to look up to anyone who was a girls' hockey player. I could look up to those players who played in the Olympics, but that only comes around every four years, and those players weren't really accessible the way that the NWHL players are. So any time that I can and need a new fan and talk to them for a little bit and share a little bit of my journey to get into the NWHL, I really want to do that. And as does everyone in this league, they want to grow the league and give all these young girls the opportunities that we are having now because so it's truly, truly incredible when you think about the growth of women's hockey.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Minnesota getting a team in the NWHL in just its fourth season, it's already expanding into a new market. And, we're getting paid to do something that we love. So we want to continue to grow this so that there are even more teams in the future and all these young girls can get to play in this league one day.
0: Absolutely. And coming to a city like Nashville, where there currently is not an NWHL team, just shows the growth of the sport there, too, and the demand for more women's hockey to be out there and for more development of young girls with hockey out there, too, because of the the, the crowd that was there and people seeing that, people willing to drive hours to come and watch the game and fly hours uh, to, to watch the game was absolutely amazing. And, and now I want to switch to international hockey, because in 2016, you won the the, the Nations Cup with, the, uh, with Canada. And what was that like to be able to represent your country when playing the sport that you love?
4: That, again, was another (laughs) incredible experience that I'm really happy that I got to be a part of. It was always my goal to be able to throw on the Team Canada jersey, and that was the first time that I got to do it at an international tournament, and my parents came to the game, and they got to see me celebrate with my teammates for a championship, so that, that was truly special.
0: Well, this this has been fantastic, Amanda. We we really appreciate you taking the time to to, to join us, and we send huge congratulations to you. It's so awesome just seeing the celebration on the ice and following along on Twitter with with the live streams because that's a way for people to actually watch the games too. It's great, and it's fantastic to see the growth of the sport. And just a tremendous congratulations to you and all of your success.
4: Thank you so much.
0: No, oh, absolutely. Okay, folks. Amanda LeVier, goaltender for the Minnesota Whitecaps of the National Women's Hockey League, the only goaltender to win two Isabel Cups now. That is huge right there too and still has such a great career ahead of her. And hey, did you know in Minnesota that she was earning so many different honors? She was in the all-academic team for the WCHA. Uh, She was an all-Big Ten honoree and was named to the NCAA Frozen Four all-tournament team she good
1: she talented
0: <laughs> she really good
1: <laughs> and for everybody listening that did not know i think the record um she had mentioned that she wasn't quite sure the number at bridgetown arena for the all-star game i think it was like 6100 or something yeah and that tight. exceeded yeah anything that they had ever played it was just fantastic i love having i love chatting it. with her
0: folks i love this growing the sport of hockey whatever it takes whether you know it's in different countries whether it's uh it, it's with, with Men, women, children, adults, get out there and play. You can play the game. You go play the game. You grow the sport of hockey. You go and support it. You get involved with it. You do whatever you can to grow the sport of hockey because it is fun. It is a great way to exercise. Lord knows I need it. (laughs) But it's just a great way to grow camaraderie with, with people in your community as well And as you could just hear from the emotion in her voice how much it meant to her to be an influence to be a role model to help be one of those people that people can look up to in the sport of hockey I love it you, could feel love it.
1: you can feel that there i could feel, feel it yeah. at bridgestone arena that yeah. day i had chills i told you before i got kind of teary eyed because i yeah. was watching people get so excited and i was watching them be so excited watching the crowd and it just you felt that energy Um, and it's just a fantastic feeling, and I absolutely love that she got to be a part of that, and I love that we got to chat with her today.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, up next, we're going to answer a bunch of Twitter questions, and Spider Jack may make his debut. (laughs) He's been doing so much stats for us. There's a few questions on there that I think he might be good at answering. So all that up next, we're going to talk about lineup and, and all these different questions, maybe more 90s night talk. I don't even know. But That's all next on Penalty Box Radio. You're listening to Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025, The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, Throwback Night. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Josh, Spider Jack in studio. Speaking of throwback, did you see that Bill and Ted 3 might be happening?
1: No. It
0: was just on Twitter earlier. I'm
1: under a rock. Okay, good. It's only today.
0: Earlier, yeah. Like, announced that they plan on starting to film this summer to release next summer. Don't know if it's a joke.
1: No way! What is? Go- I'm loving all this heavy nostalgia in my life. This I know, is great.
0: But hey, that's what older millennials just live for. Yeah, <laughs> nostalgia.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. Well, when I tried to pick out what I was going to wear to '90s night, I went to the store and they had a plethora. Oh, oh of, yeah. I mean, MTV, oh, yeah. Hakuna Matata, Friends. I mean, it was crazy. Sells money. Yeah, so. it sells money.
0: It it's makes everywhere. money. <laughs>
1: Yes, it sells, money. it
0: sells money. It Makes money. Okay, <laughs> let's get to our questions here. First one, is, this is from Michael Wade. If you could change one thing about the Predators, what would it be? <laughs> one thing, Glenn. What do you think? I'm thinking of mine.
1: Okay, just as an organization, I would say that they should have um, they should have like actual cats <laughs> <laughs> or saber really or that. tigers talking or tigers just, at the game. No tigers. <laughs> at lsu <laughs> mike is great although uh, i wouldn't want him to be trapped up so exa- yeah they, they should have a cat for me Nash to put in my not lap
0: enough for you glenn
1: well he doesn't come sit in my lap the whole game and i want okay a, let's I want a move lap on cat.
0: let's let's move on spider check. what is one thing you would change uh probably the name oh no don't go there
1: what would you name you, them? Are you gonna
2: go all oh, Emory na- the uh, the Nashville domestic felines? Uh, oh my gosh! Oh my, my
1: gosh! See, it, you know, it, it, it works. would be perfect if then you have the cat in the lap. Do you
0: want the, they're <laughs> predators. You don't want them to be domesticated. Then they're just gonna come and feed a can of tuna, and then the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez! You
2: Not tuna made know. from sharks. It might work.
0: So I had a serious answer to mine. Oh. oh. <sighs> Fan friendly concession pricing. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. what you're
4: having. Uh, I can seeing, get behind it. You're
0: seeing it in so many different arenas and stadiums now that you're having fan friendly pricing. I'm not saying it has to be overly cheap, but it needs to be affordable. Think about a family of four and what it would cost there too. Is that you, the Atlanta, uh, Falcons have done it? I think the Hawks have as well. There's multiple other stadiums that are getting onto this because they're making their money. I mean, the beer price is going to be beer prices, okay? That's where you're making your money. Is that but a hot dog does not need to cost five dollars.
1: It just just doesn't.
0: I mean, $2, things like that. You know, you make it affordable and they're going to buy more. That's what I think. You make it affordable, people will buy more stuff. They'll be happy to buy stuff because how many people, especially Nashville, where the arena is located, which is downtown, how many people go and eat dinner before the game, before they even enter the arena? A lot of people go and eat or they'll eat at home or they'll do something at home and and, and out or they'll pick up something at the fast food restaurant on the way in. But if you have fan-friendly concession pricing in the arena, then people will go, oh, well, it's going to cost the same amount to eat at the arena that it would anywhere else, so we might as well get the food there.
1: Yeah, it's very, very true.
0: Just saying. $42. Just saying. Good point, Just good saying. point. $42 yours, in concessions. Yours yeah, okay. might happen
1: before mine. So well, good we'll, call. we'll see.
0: But no <laughs> on the domestic freelance. Okay. Project Pat Summit asks, if you limited the choices to Preds players, who would get the various end-of-season awards? For discussion's sake, let's say Hart, Norris, uh, Selkie, and Vezina. Well, <laughs> the a one i still would give it to Pecarine. i would based on the number of starts uh the 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 Sucky would be colton okay. sissons for me the norris would be roman Yosi, and the Hart would also be roman Yosi. okay for me. okay just based on where we're at right now in the season yeah. because yeah. He, in the later part of the season when there's been times yossi has put the team on his back he really has yeah anyone else
1: well, okay, so I say I say for Vesna, I would still put pecorine in there. Um, I don't know. The heart was kind of tricky for me because when I look at when I think of that, I think about all the contributing factors that lead to right. that that team success. So I'm thinking like you know, I'm thinking points, and so. I don't know. I still think that there. I still think that Johansson is valuable enough to this team to be able to say he's obviously valuable. No, (laughs) you didn't let me finish my sentence to be able to say that I would that he would be my pick as the most valuable for that. Yeah.
2: Okay, Jack. Uh, I'm with you on Norris and Selke. Uh, I'm gonna go Ryan Johansson for the heart. Okay. And honestly, I'm gonna say UC Soros.
0: Okay. That's for the
1: You say, you say, I say Pekka i say you that said. was really funny <laughs> oh,
0: that was in your head that was funny
1: <laughs> oh gosh this reminds me of the days of fuck i thought that was over it's never over they're always
0: <laughs> listening you should know that by now okay sean tid will ask based on last night's play do you think it was a message that was received for tourists i think given the ice time that tourists had he had a little some flubs but you could tell he was trying i mean you really could tell that he was trying hard to make something happen it didn't always work but I, you could see that he had a little bit extra trying, and that sometimes was gripping a stick too tight and a little mistakes here and there. But that's just overall what I've thought of that. Anyone else something to contribute? I mean, he interchanged on the second and fourth line. He did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, only seeing
2: 11 minutes and 30 seconds on the ice, he was tied for most shots on the team. I mean, he's shooting inside the circles, delivering hits in the defensive zone. I mean, you could only tell he had one or two moments where it's was like, what are you doing? But then it was like, <laughs> there were a couple times where it's like, that's a smart play.
3: And mm-hmm. I mean, he's...
0: Yeah. he's it's he's not there, but he'll get there. In a couple yeah. shots too. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. This one's from Brainerd sixty six. Who's your favorite obscure Preds player? Mine will always be Jared Smithson. I did score oh my, my first gosh. ever beer league goal with a Jared Smithson stick.
1: Really? Yes, hmm. and it broke. So, so is so. he yours? No, you know it's not mine.
0: So oh mine is going to be Jamie Allison. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that he's obscure, but he only played sixty seven games. Yeah. For the team and. The reason why is one, I know him, and he's great. He's always going to be one of our favorites. And he dressed as goaltender, and he never got to play, but he did get he got to dress as it. Yeah. And then uh, three, when I wrote my book, I mean, met him at a Tim Hortons (laughs) to interview him for the book. So, I mean, there's and a favorite, there's here, personal He reasons. came yeah.
1: here and put on a concert for us one night. Yeah, he night. sang he's Garth sang, Brooks. Yeah.
0: So, no, there's a reason why he's my favorite, and it's for personal reasons, and love Jamie yeah. Allison. Glenn. Yeah, he's
1: my favorite. I wouldn't say obscure for me. I was going to say Brandon Yip, because a lot of people would be like, Yep, Wait, yep, yep, what? Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, half
0: Asian brother. That was always a good. Right there. was always
1: a good <laughs> chant when he was on the
0: ice. So. Jack Oleokinen. Oleokinen. It's because oh, of the waffle it gift. Was isn't the it was the waffle. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely because <of> the waffle <laughs> gift. Okay. Uh, Canuck for liberty in light of the Preds' '90s TV show bracket from yesterday, and this question is for Glenn or whoever else is on, but for you, Glenn, what is the best '90s show? Just uh, the best '90s show, and explain to them why it's Boy Meets World."
1: Oh, okay. So he gave that answer, but I am gonna counter you, Johnny. (laughs) And I'm gonna say that it's Saved by the Bell. Okay, that's fair. Is is definitely the best. I liked Boy Meets World, but
0: even though Zach Morrison character is trash. You know what? He is. is You
1: do not. No, 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 no. Time out. No, no.
0: Time out. I love Saved by the Bell, but the more you look at that show, Zach (laughs) Morris, the character, is a trash human being. Is he not? You did not not
1: follow the Saved by the Bell rules. Time out means you stop. No. And let me talk. We cannot have dead air.
0: We cannot have dead air. I was
1: going to talk. Like, Zach Morris can talk during time out, but nobody else can. Okay, Glenn, respond. Do not trash talk Zach Morris in my presence, (laughs) or do not trash talk Saved by the Bell.
0: And okay. a story. Kelly Kapowski will always have my heart. I loved
1: okay. her. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Jack, did you, were you were even alive in the 90s? He
1: was
2: no. not.
0: <laughs> you but I to. tell you what, though. It's oh, Seinfeld. Boy. Okay. And see, that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's very fair. Okay.
1: It's not right, but it's fair. Kyle, what do you mean it's not right? <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Uh, back to prospects now. Kyle Woodall asked if the Preds signed Pitlick or Fabro, would either of them be expected to play this season? Uh, Pitlick, I would say, would be expected in Milwaukee, if anything. Fabro, maybe. I'd be willing, if Fabro, if they lose this weekend and he does end up signing, I'd be willing to put Dante Fabro in against like Buffalo or Vancouver the last week of the season. Give him
1: some experience Some in experience. There but some that, that, that's time. it. Yeah.
0: If injuries happen or things like that, but there's there's still some things that obviously would be interesting to see where he's at. Not every college defenseman coming out of college is Charlie McAvoy.
1: Yeah, this so, is true.
0: <laughs> so you can't expect that. Now, it'd be great in terms of for both of them just to be a black ace, an early black ace. You get that experience with the team. You start practicing with the team. The mm-hmm. other thing is Milwaukee needs more help. They're in the middle of a playoff chase just to get in as well. So Pitlick would be a great addition for Milwaukee. Fabro would be a great addition either way. I'd expect Fabro would more be up here. Just mm-hmm. because the Dan Hamus injury is still happening, and that's why I'd be okay with him getting some time. Because who knows? If another injury goes down, I mean, you have Matt Donovan, who has NHL experience as well, is up here. But I'd like to see Fabro get some experience, too. Yeah. Okay. Bobby Butler, 1865, asked, is John Cooper the clear-cut winner of the Jack Adams, or does Barry Trotz have a reasonable shot? I think Barry yeah. Trotz has a reasonable shot, but given the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Cooper is Tampa Bay. They.
1: I think, yeah, I think that clear-cut. Barry Trotz has a shot, but yeah. then again,
0: but, it's Tampa Bay. <laughs> but in terms of voting, I'm, I'm looking in terms of the talent. Mm-hmm. So ta- New York Islanders, they lose John Tavares. Yeah. Then Barry Trotz comes in and stills his system, and they've been battling for first in the Metro almost all season. So to take a team that lost their superstar franchise player yeah, And to be able to make them that competitive.
1: And then when you look at Tampa Bay, it's like they've got their best stacked. team yet. So. Yeah,
0: they're stacked. And that's obvi- no way I'm taking anything away from Tampa Bay. I'm giving him in terms of best coaching because of mm-hmm. what he's had to do. Yeah. I'm not saying anyone could do that with Tampa Bay. You've had great teams out there before. I mean, this team, the Predators team, they've had lots of talent, and they've been inconsistent at times too. But Barry Trots what he's done with the New York Islanders, I think he obviously deserves to be in that discussion. And, and No, I know.
1: think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's get to another one here. And uh, that oh, oh this this is a fun one. Let's see. This from how's it going, eh? Should the NHL ban the lacrosse style, pick up the puck move from behind the net before somebody pulls it off in a league game, or just let it happen as a progression of the sport. Uh, that is called the Michigan. Right. That is called the Michigan right there. And no, I don't want to see it banned. If a player is able to pull that crap off, let them do it. Good for them. I cannot. Because yeah. that takes some skill to up like that. I want to yeah. see them be able to do it. How many times uh, has
2: Forsberg and Arvidsson done that in a game? They're going to keep trying.
0: And <laughs> ma- imagine if it's in, like, overtime in the playoffs oh. and they win. And it works. <laughs> and it works. That is going to be fantastic if that happens. I, I cannot wait to and see it. And if it
1: that. does, you called it. Right here on Penalty Box Radio. Yeah, make
0: sure to mark it down, March twentieth, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> we had this conversation at eight fifty-six p.m. All right. Well, Jack, thanks for making your debut on air and answering some of those questions.
2: Thank you for having me on, man. This is absolutely, really cool. Absolutely. Producer Josh,
0: thank you for the '90s throwback music, man. Appreciate that. Anytime. You're a gem. You're a true. You're a slap bracelet. Maybe we go back to the <laughs> '80s next week. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. All right, Glenn. As always, appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for for tuning in. More information on the Nashville Predators and all things hockey in the Music City on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Justin Bradford for Glenn Blackwell, Josh Upton, and Spider Jack. Thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN, 1025 The Game.